and welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jake. Oh, inflection. I forgot. You're still working on that. <laughs> still working on the right inflection. We're two years in and haven't gotten it down yet. How are you? I'm uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. The smoke uh, the smoke is, is old. It's tiring. But, uh, you know, it's just if one coronavirus has taught us anything, it's that uh, rational, reasonable people can live through just about anything. And survive. what do you mean? I mean, there are some people who got like when coronavirus hit. Yeah went the exact opposite way and like refused to wear masks and went full on conspiracy and didn't right. didn't uh, try to understand that we're all a society trying to work through something difficult and let's not make life more difficult on other people so that you can have a marginal benefit. Yes. Then there's the rest of us yeah. who are like, this smoke sucks. Mm-hmm. Coronavirus sucks. Mm-hmm. But everybody else around me is doing living in the same sucktitude. Right. And let's just all be friendly to each other. Let's all just do the like, minimum things to help each and every individual person to get through this right. crappy situation. Because everybody's in it. Because everybody's in okay. it. Okay. And normally, like, I was sitting around complaining, like, I couldn't get out and take my photos. Because anytime I'm feeling really down, being able to get my camera out... Um, helps yeah one getting out in nature and then also just like that hunt of being able to focus on finding that it's, you know like with you and your legos right or like it's being with my camera and being able to focus on something yes and get your brain turned away from being able to from not spiraling towards a dark place <laughs> so it's nice to be able to um it, it sucks to not be able to do that with the smoke i was still able to do that with coronavirus because i would just put a mask on and go hike up a trail right um but uh, with now I have to, <laughs> I can't do that. So yeah. it's finding ways I can still do that, but in a different way. Oh, that's so like I went and bought that chess set. So I'm like, now I want to take photos from home and figure indoors, out indoors right. and figure out Adapting. stuff that I can do indoors. And then also like, I'm always outside with the dogs. Like it's hard with yeah. two very, very active golden retrievers who need to be out all of the time, who are used mm-hmm. to being out all of the time. And all of a sudden, for their health, yeah, can't let them get out as much. Yeah. So trying to find the right times and looking at airnow.gov and figuring out, okay, yep. when is an acceptable level to get them out for 15 minutes and then get them back inside. Yeah. And it's, it's nuts, but learning to live through new parameters in a new environment. Right. Um, and I think coronavirus did a decent job of setting us up for oh, being yeah. able to navigate rough waters. Yeah, we're kind of just backed into this like... You know, it's not obviously not the restrictions we were first in with with the uh, quarantine or whatever you wanted to call it. Mm-hmm. But but it we've already been through that. So it's like, OK, everybody get inside like we know we know what this is like. We mm-hmm. know what this looks like. Yeah. The dog thing has been rough because Harrison's a terrier. So he's super active. And mm-hmm. every weekend we've been like either going, you know, we've been going camping or we've been doing something or even if we just drive to the store, like he comes with us Mm -hmm. and like, we're just not leaving. So I can tell he's just getting a little antsy. Yeah. Two things I wanted to say. Okay. One Legos. So you have uh, a badass Lego set right here. Yeah. I just, I finished and I bought and finished the white house Mm -hmm. and it's freaking rad. Dude, it is so cool. (laughs) I saw it in the box last week when I was here 
and now you've got it built. Yeah. And it looks amazing. I knew as soon as, so I always check on like up and coming, like what's coming out. Mm-hmm. And I saw the White House and I was like, I have to get the White House. Um, there was one that I wasn't going to tell you about that I still, I was going to order mm-hmm. and it said coming soon. And then I checked the other day and it was already on back order. I missed the release Is day. The uh, Hogsmeade. Or no, no uh, Diagon Alley? No, but I did see that. That dude, that's that's like three hundred bucks yeah, for no, that the, set. The Diagon Alley is insane. Which would be cool, mm-hmm. but what it is is it's Hedwig, oh, with a little letter, and there's a crank, and when you crank it, her wings flap. Oh, yeah, that's badass. Yeah, I that thought is it, really cool. So that's actually cooler than the Diagon Alley. One. I think so. Yeah. I like just the 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 sets are fun, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a. Did you ever watch Stranger Things? Yeah. You did? Uh-huh. Oh, I'm surprised I, by that. I've seen all three, oh, okay. all three seasons. So yeah. there's this really cool, like, it's like a, it's almost like an H shape. So there's like two pole, two poles and then like a, a cross beam. And then on the top of the cross beam built is like, uh, it, what's the town called? Um, oh, it's, uh, Hawkins, Hawkins, Hawkins. Indiana. Yeah. yeah. So there's Hawkins and then you have all the characters and then on the underside of it, you build it upside down is, the Demogorgon mm. and um, what's the uh, the one who gets stuck? Uh, I can't remember the kid's name. Oh, it's uh, Will. Will. Yeah. yeah. So it's all dark and black, and then there's a demo, and it looks all like mm-hmm. rotted, and there's like the Demogorgon and Will on the underside of it. Mm. So it's like it's this really big set, but it. I I mean that's like. I like Lego sets, right? And yeah. then, I mean, technically, this White House is a set, but I like the the more like single feature things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like a model, right? That's what I like. Yeah, yeah. even the Boba Fett head that I have, mm-hmm. it's a, it's like a model. Yeah, uh, the Steamboat Willie boat is more of like a model. Yeah, like Hogsmeade because they they have like they have Lego characters of like Ron. Hermione and Harry. Right. And it, it's, it comes across as kind of cartoonish. It's Lego-y, right? Yeah, it's yeah, kind of yeah. kiddish. Whereas these, these, these are more like they're models. Which yeah. I they like, are models. Which I like. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, so one thing I was going to say about building them is, um, I don't know what it is, but like when I build them, I am hyper focused and like, I'm like, you know, they come in bags of like, here's bag one, here are the hair bags labeled number one. And then you go through the book and you build just the part one. Mm-hmm. Jen's like, hey, we got to go do something. We got to go run an errand. And I am like, I need to finish. I need to finish this before I go. Like to leave it half mm-hmm. done wouldn't drive me insane. It would make me insane. <laughs> so, that's, yeah, that's I, I know that feeling. It's like having like I can't. If if I left like an area without getting the sh- without trying the shot that I yeah. have in my head, mm-hmm. like it drives me crazy. Like, oh yeah, I so, can't even imagine. So I have like I so I, I kind of know what you're talking about. So. Or like I can't find the piece and like I start stressing. I'm like, where is it? And it's always right in front of me. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, where the hell is this piece? And I'm like scrambling and panicking. It's a little stressful, mm-hmm. but it also is like focuses my attention and. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last thing I wanted to say about, you know, we're talking about our pups and getting energy out and not being able to go outside. I thought might as well just announce it. Uh, 
Jenny and I are getting a new dog. You are, yeah. You just showed me a really awesome video <laughs> of him. How old is he now? He turned a month yesterday. Okay, so in yeah. a couple more weeks. August 21st is his birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a Pomeranian. Um, did I tell you about like their 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 like demeanor at all? Mm, no, not so really. So when we first got Dexter, um, we we bought a Pomeranian book just to read about palms and like just the best way to care for them, their coats and, and just literally everything there is to know their history, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a, it's a manual, right? For Pomeranians. Yeah. Um, cause dogs do have different characteristics. And so, you know, I, I'd been thinking, you know, she needs another dog. Like Harrison is great, but he's, he's all about me and he's all about Alex mm. or any guests. Really? He loves guests. Like, if people come over, he doesn't want anything to do with me and Jen. He's, like, about the guest. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's obsessed with Alex. Uh, otherwise, I mean, he's been he's been great. He's been cuddling. He's, like, he's definitely flourished into, like, a, a new dog that we haven't seen before. Because he's the only one. But mm-hmm. I can tell he's bored. And he likes to play with dogs. So, we're looking through the book. And we're Jen joined this, you know, Palms for Sale in Washington and Oregon. Which I knew was going to be trouble because yeah. obviously she wants one now, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, she, she, you know, we had to filter through some scams or some shady people or mm-hmm. some overpriced people. And we found this lady. She's like right outside of Newburgh. And she posts these, these two, two pups. And Jen immediately was like, yo, I'm interested. And they were like, like dark brown looking. And I don't know if you've ever... I'm sure I've seen you, but I don't know if our audience has ever seen like a baby palm, but they're like the size of your palm. Like they fit in your hand. Mm. They're tiny. They look like guinea pigs. Um, and so we just said like, hey, we want this guy. And then we want one of them. And then finally the woman was like, hey, I'm getting a lot of interest. Which one do you want? And we talked about it and we picked it based on certain things. Mm-hmm. And But in the book, it, so in the book it says, the difference between males and females mm-hmm. as palms. And Jen was like, well, do I want a male or do I want a female? And the female and the female like characteristics was like, you know, they're very, they're, they're more independent. They're like, they want, they want like, they're down for snuggles and attention, but on their time. And then on the males, it was like, they will take any attention you want to give them at any time. And like, if you're down to pet, they're down to cuddle. Like, and Jen was like, yup, that's what I need. I need exactly that. You love me on my time. So we got a little palm. He's, he's kind of a wolf sable coloring. So I don't know if our audience is listening and they want to Google wolf sable palms. Um, he's kind of that coloring. He's got a little white patch on his chest mm-hmm. and, uh, his name is Logan. Logan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wolverine. Yes. Nice. Nice. I like it. I like it. Uh, follow up question. Yes. Will he, will Logan be getting his own Instagram? <sighs> Dude, you're so <laughs> annoying because I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the perfect time because it you, is you, the perfect like, time. You'll be able to follow him from puppy to Death. his whole life. Yeah. yeah like from birth to mm-hmm. death like i have pictures from the night he was born yeah so i don't know i, I mean, thought about it yeah he's so he's gonna be so adorable that i think it's a great way 
to promote the podcast because that's what I would use it for. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it would be Logan the Palm, sponsored by Say What You Mean. Sponsored by Say What You Mean. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I I thought about it only because he's such a such a cute dog, and not that Harrison isn't. Harrison is an ugly mutt who looks like a uh, barbecue Brillo pad, but <laughs> he is a sweet dog. I love, su- I love he is such a sweet I love Harrison. Every time he shows up, every time I show up, he's always so happy to Dude, see me. He's such a sweet boy. He's such a sweet boy. But I think that like he would always try to play with Dexter and Dexter was like kind of this old man. And then once Dexter got sick, he just like had less patience. Mm-hmm. And Harrison likes to play and like, you know, do that stupid dog ah, annoying yeah. ass that sound they do is Har- so Harrison was younger than Dexter. I think they're right around the same, same age. Okay. Yeah, because um, Harrison was a rescue. Yes. Okay. So, but Dexter would play a little bit, but it'd mostly be like they'd run around the yard a little bit, and then once Dexter got sick and his lungs weren't working as great, he'd like start coughing when he mm. would play and stuff. Yeah. I think that a puppy, I th- I'm I'm hoping a puppy will bring new life. To Harrison in a playful way, not that mm-hmm. Harrison, because Harrison, I've seen a whole new side of him, and he's awesome, and he's like way more social and sure. like cuddly and and lovey, and it's awesome. But I want him to have a friend to play with, and I think a puppy will will be that for him. So there's the news. I think it's fun. It'll be exciting. It and, is uh, fun. It's awesome. I'm glad. But he, dog, dude, they're little assholes. Puppies are assholes. Oh yeah. <laughs> And it's like I remember. I remember when Dexter was a puppy. The you know Jen and I got to a point where we were looking at each other and we're like, "Is he always going to be like this? Just the puppy gnawing and mm-hmm. the puppy just like ornery, right?" And then and then after a year or two, they just they mellow out and they become like their own personality and dogs. And um, we were talking about you know the lessons that Dexter has taught us, um, just about you know really genuinely cherishing every day with these guys because mm-hmm. we don't know you know De- Tom's are supposed to live, live to like 12 to 15 years and Dexter died at 8 so it's like we now know what it's like to have that time cut short mm-hmm. so I mean ev- even every day with Harrison we, we cherish even more and yeah. it, it's been such a great lesson that Dexter taught us amongst other things that he's he's kind of navigated us through and helped us get through um, so I mean dogs are just you know I told you on that I was like you know like not only are we going to one day have to live through Harrison's death, but now with this puppy, like you're going to get obsessed and you're going to have to live through his death. And she's like, worth it. I was like, all right. Just I just had to check mm-hmm. because it's I mean, dude, we, she cried the other night. Like she was where, where did she wake up in the middle of the night or something? And I don't remember what it was, but it was late at night and she was upset and she started crying because she missed Dexter. Mm-hmm. Like, we still miss that dog. Yeah. I don't think there will ever be a day we don't miss that dog. Mm-hmm. Um but like I said, it's given us new found, not a new found, but just like a, a different level of appreciation for dogs yeah. and pets. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited. Little Logan. Wolverine. It's we, great. It's a great name. Actually, really, that's a very unique dog name. So A guy at work is giving me shit for human names. Oh, my! I have Tucker and Bo. Yeah. So, I mean, He's you're not going to get any... Any uh, judgment from me. Right. He's just like, dude, uh, he goes, I hate when people name their dogs human human names. What? Yeah, he hates it. But I also remember I've talked on this on the show before how I hate when like people name it like anything that ends with like a Y. Mm, yeah. You know, yeah. so there there are there are uh, 
little things that bug me about naming dogs, but his is human names. And uh, I was like, well, what'd you name your dog? And he's like, Ninja. And I was like, that's actually pretty cool. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. Logan, it's because of Wolverine. Yeah. Dexter was because of the serial killer. Mm-hmm. Harrison is because of the dad on Dexter. Um, if we got a girl, we were going to name her Morgan, which is Dexter's last name. Mm. Dexter Morgan. Okay. Um, but Logan, I just like, I was trying to think of like a cool superhero that, you know, that that is awesome. And I love Wolverine. Wolverine's awesome. And I was just like, you know what, Logan? Have you seen Logan, the movie? Mm-mm. Dude, you've got to see that movie. He's old man Logan in it. And I was just thinking, you know what? Logan would be rad. And then one thing that we, we did when we when Dexter was a puppy is, sorry, I'm just rambling about my, the dogs. Um, but we got him a little stuffed lion. And then we brought it over to Jen's aunt's house before we could take him home. Mm-hmm. And we just like, we had it with us. So it smelled like us and our home. And we just wanted to be with him so that he could kind of get used to our scents and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a thing, but that's what we did. Mm-hmm. So we did the same thing with Logan. We haven't met him yet, but we I bought on Amazon a stuffed uh, Wolverine. Not not the superhero, but an actual like mm. animal Wolverine. Oh, okay. Awesome. So we're going to bring it over there and we're supposed to meet him this weekend, but because of COVID, they don't they were like, "Hey, because of COVID, like is it cool if you guys just come over and we just hang out in the yard mm. when you meet the pups?" And I was like, "Dude, that totally makes sense." Like, "Yeah, absolutely." Um but with the rain, she's like, uh, maybe we'll postpone it if it's raining. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah. I'm antsy. I want to meet him. I can imagine. He yeah. looks so soft and floofy. Very floofy. Cuddle boy. It's so soft. Yeah. Anyways, so getting a dog. Um, dude, did you see the freaking Hogwarts Legacy? Uh, yeah. Is it only going to be on PS5? No, because all the ads have been saying PS5, but Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be on everything. It needs to be on everything or I want to throw a huge fit, (laughs) like a massive fit because I'm not not buying a PlayStation. No, No, I didn't. Hell no. So Hogwarts Legacy, I watched the trailer. Looks awesome. Uh, Warner Brothers described it as this, an open world, single player action role-playing video game set in the 1800s wizarding world. Where players will experience life as students at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry like never before as they live the unwritten and embark on a dangerous journey to uncover a hidden truth of the wizarding world. Wow. Yeah. So it's like an open world. Like and does Jake, did JK, did Rowling um, like sign off on this? I'm as sure. Canon? Oh, I don't know about canon. Okay. I would imagine though. Yeah. She gives everything else canon these days. I'm looking right at you, cursed child. Yeah. So, I don't know. I looked awesome. i just wondering if you saw it because that would be kind of fun. An open world. I have not been more excited for a video game since the release of Mass Effect Andromeda, which was absolutely terrible. So, I... <laughs> um, you need something fun. I need something fun. Yeah. That yeah. would be that would actually get me back into video games because right now I, I sat down to play Call of Duty couple days ago and i'm like this is boring yeah i'm just i'm over it yeah it's just kind of over video games at the moment you know i haven't played call of duty in a long time i've been playing this new game mm-hmm. and um last friday a game on friday and they're like hey jeff let's play call of duty and i was like i hate this game um and I actually had a lot of fun um and i got a win on warzone did so, you yeah i got close with matt and carter we got fourth oh, okay yeah i got that was actually the most fun I've ever had in Warzone. Matt's very aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. 
and he's good, mm-hmm. but he just, he, you know, it was me, Jesse, and Matt trios. Actually, it was me, Jesse, Matt, and Dimitri, and we couldn't get anything. Dimitri left, and then we get the win. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so one game, I go off for seven kills, Jesse gets seven, and Matt gets two. And Matt's the better of mm-hmm. the three of us. And I'm like, and we get 15th. I think it just matters, like, where the shots are coming in from. Uh, right. Yeah. Oh, it's all luck, mm-hmm. and it's all where the circle ends. Well, then, the next match... Matt gets 15 kills, I get two, and Jesse gets two, and we win the game. Yeah. And then, like, and then it goes right to Matt's head. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, dude, no, I was kicking ass last mm-hmm. game. Yeah. So then naturally, I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm just better as a coach. That's why I die first, so that I can coach you through it. <laughs> oh, were you Stupid. dead when he got the win? Yeah, dude, it was him versus, him versus another single versus mm-hmm. another duo. Wow. Yeah. And the two, the duo and the single player were fighting each other. I'm like, Matt, just hang back. Let them kill each other. And they did. And then it was 1v1. The guy jumps off the thing, parachutes right in front of Matt. Matt killed him for the win. Nice. It was awesome. That's awesome. It was super awesome. Um, so, I, I mean, I've been out of Call of Duty for a long time. Mm-hmm. Just not into it. Uh, I was playing this Minecraft Dungeons game for a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's like a... Kind of like a Diablo kind of RPG okay, yeah. game, top-down view. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was super fun. Um, yeah, I just, you know, and I, I've been, oh, dude, I've been playing. Oh, I can't believe I w- forgot this. You asked, uh, I got these cool coasters for the podcast mm-hmm. area, and they're like old uh, uh, Nintendo cartridges. Mm-hmm. Um, Zelda, Metroid, Excite Bike, Mario Brothers, Donkey Kong. What is this over here? Super Mario 3. Yeah, you got Super, Super Mario, Mario 2. 2. Over there, I think, is Excite Bike. Or did I already say that? Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, oh, Duck Hunt is over there. So uh, so on Switch, you pay $20 a year for online. Mm-hmm. And they give you access to like an online library that they're building up. And they, did, they released Super Nintendo A Link to the Past. And I have played it before. Um, and you know, on that game on the super Nintendo, you could save it. So you would always go back and I just remember, I don't think I've ever beat it. And as a kid, you're just like, I don't know. You're not, I never really was aiming, aiming to beat a game when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You're just going around fighting the guys and you're not, I yeah. don't know. I just never really went to beat it. So I started playing that and, um, I'm looking to beat it. Mm. Yeah, I started uh, on Labor Day weekend, and I've actually gotten pretty far on it. But that is a – what a fun game, and what a classic game with the puzzles and trying to figure things out. It's – I love Zelda games, and it's it's been fun kind of go, to go back. And, you know, I got to a certain point where I remember getting as a kid, and I'm like, oh, I remember all of this. You know, I, I so much so that I was like, I remember playing this at least 17 million times mm-hmm. because I've always gotten to this point and then quit. And then now I'm gone, I've gotten past that point to where I'm now getting into things that I haven't mm. seen before. So It's crazy how far Zelda has come. You like look at Breath of the Wild and then, oh. and then you look at um, like the original Zelda or yeah. even like Ocarina of Time, which is probably like the most popular Zelda game. For sure. And how far like the games have come. Breath but. of the Wild is amazing. There's still so much to do on it that I haven't done. I beat the game, but there is hours of side missions and stuff that you could do. Um, what a great series, mm-hmm. and and it's it's so much fun. There's there's there. I feel like they're always making it better, dude. Zelda on the Wii, 
which I'm sure you never played because no. you haven't played the Wii, right? No. Yeah. Oh, dude, it was so good. There was two of them, and like you would use the the aiming at the screen for the arrow and stuff. Mm. And dude, it was just a great, great game. So hmm. I don't know, nerd out on video games yeah. today. Uh, one last note on video games. Yeah. Uh, uh, EA slash Bioware is probably going to finally, uh, just in time for the current gen consoles to go out of, uh, to basically to go not be current anymore. Right. I can't think of the right word to become obsolete. Uh-huh. I think it's not really obsolete, not but, obsolete, but the, the transition to the next gen, yeah. they're going to announce, um, a, remastered version of the mass effect trilogy so oh I've you've been re- wanting that i've been really like just just to bring the graphics into mm-hmm. more modern times mm-hmm. maybe like make because one hasn't aged well but it's oh. like the, but it's like the best of the three storylines yeah so it'd be nice to like maybe uh the the rumor is that they're going to make more of the mechan- fighting mechanics of three and make it put but put it into one okay. and then update the graphics and, right the only, my biggest concern is that they're not going to include the DLC because the DLC to that series is so important. Mm. And if they don't include the DLC, like I would it's, imagine it's they a will. different story. Yeah. I would imagine they'd include yeah. the DLC. Like they're, if they're going to charge you like, I don't even know how much money for this thing. I'm paying it. It's like they've got me already. There's no but way they charge more than like 60, dude. For the whole thing? Yeah. You wouldn't imagine. The Master Chief Collection, mm-hmm. which is all the Halos. Is sixty bucks? Is it really? Yeah. Okay, I have that. You do have that. Mm-hmm. Did you go back and play like Halo One? Yeah, dude. The graphics updated make it way cooler. It is. It's, yeah. it's actually worth playing. It is, mm-hmm. dude. We and it's play hard. That we dude, should play that. I would Halo Two online. Yeah. Oh, we should do that. Okay. We should do that. I'm down. I'm gonna get the in our gamer chat. I'm gonna tell them that's what we're doing. Okay. Friday. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sean Connery here. Yeah, Sean Connery to play. I'm uh, to play yeah, Halo. no, that actually sounds. You haven't played Halo Two in forever. That sounds like a blast. Yeah. All right, I'll make sure it's downloaded. Master Chief Collection. I'll go home tonight. Make sure. Text me and remind me to make sure I download it. Well, download the whole collection, right? Yeah. You have the disc, right? I had the code. Oh, for the game, though. Uh-huh. Right? Okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll I'll tell everyone. I'm like, hey, let's do this. this. Is what we're doing. And if you don't have it, buy it now. And they'll buy it. Mm-hmm. The guys will buy it. Um, cool. Well, we're making plans for game night already. Uh, well, that's tomorrow. That is tomorrow. Oh, so wow. I, I need to get on that. Okay. One more thing before we get into this analysis that we got today. Uh, dildo police. Honorary dildo. <laughs> oh, <cop>. God. <laughs> I Right there. Everybody's like, what? Yeah. Officer um, dildo over here. <laughs> Secret agent dildo. Hey, kids. Are you ready for counterculture? Well, here's your host, Jake. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I've gotten to the point where people not wearing masks in the store I work at uh, is just like a. I, I, it, it comes across to me as a personal offense because it's basically saying "f you" to your health. Uh, I'm going to do what I want. Um, I just don't care about you or I don't care about you and your health. And even if you've convinced yourself that you're not actually putting my health at risk and everybody around you's health at risk, you just don't even care that I think that it's a big deal. And they're just basically saying F you to me. That's what not wearing a mask in public basically says at this point. And you can go fuck right off. Yeah. So I'm done. I'm done. Um, 
letting it slide. Letting it slide because yeah. for a while we were, and I'm done with that because I've been mistreated by these people. Because not only do they just, it's not just them coming in without yep. masks. It's them coming in being assholes without masks because they're trying to get you. They come in with a certain walk. We've all seen them. They have a real brisk walk, like a please say something to me. Yeah. I'm ready to fight you. Nose up in the air. Yeah, yeah. Just like I'm making it known that I am here without a mask. Please say something to me. I want to fight you. Is there a difference between that person and the person who's like, oh, shit, I forgot my mask. Oh, all the time. Okay. You can instantly tell it <laughs> you, because you'll be like. Because those Let's, people, you don't really feel bad about going, hey, can yeah. you put a mask on? Or, hey, I have a mask for you if you yeah. forgot yours. And they're like, oh, yeah, great, thank you. And they put a mask on. The other guy, like, just instantly, like, you just know it. It's it's the look on their face. It's the walk that they have. Mm-hmm. They're just, they're awful people. And there was these three kids who, they couldn't have been more than 21, 22. They okay. were fairly young, very rich kids. Oh, okay. Um, they had just had that real pampered look. The mm-hmm. real, the real man, like the real well done hair, mm-hmm. like you know the the, the kind of comb over, the real rich kid look. Gotcha. Um, and one of them, so like, I was Friday was really really busy, and I was going between hunting cashier, like I was working all over the store, and. I wasn't managing, but I was basically managing because the manager on, I won't get into that store politics anyway. So <laughs> I end up at this point, I'm at the gun counter and I walk up and I see this, this one of the kids, I, didn't, I thought he was by himself at the time because the other two friends were over in tackle mm-hmm. and he's got his, he's got his, um, his mask. It's on his ears, but it's like strapping the chin. Chin strap. Gotcha. Yeah. Which at the point, dude, just take it off. Yeah. Like, why are you, why, why is it like that? Yeah. Was he talking? Yeah. So I, he was, he wanted to see a shotgun Uh and I said, Hey, if I want to show you the shotgun, I need to put up the mask. So he does. He didn't say anything. Okay. About a couple minutes later, his two buddies walk up. One of them's wearing the mask the same way. One of them has his mask up. The other one's wearing the mask the same way. Yeah. And I say to the, I say to the friend, Hey, I need you to put your mask up. Does it without any incident. Okay. The entire time, they're just being complete douches with the shotguns and everything like that. But whatever, I'm used to that. Yeah. And they, once they get done looking at the shotgun, they they leave to go up front. But I have to go up front because now the line is super long, so I have to go jump back on my till. Mm-hmm. So as I'm walking past them while they're in line, because one of, one of the three is buying something, I see that the two of them have their masks down again. So as I'm walking past them, I said, hey, masks up. And I go to my till. Mm-hmm. Now I'm working. I've got stuff in front of me. I'm not paying attention to them. Mm-hmm. By the time they get in front of my vision, but they're going to the cashier across the across the way from me, I can see that their masks are either back down or remained down. Wow. And this time I said, hey, I'm not joking. Put your masks up or leave. Mm-hmm. And they ignore me. They don't even re- They just don't even look at me. Don't register anything that they're saying to me. And oh, wow. the cashier says it's because apparently they're mumbling under their, under their breath. Yeah, yeah. And she says, you know, it's it's state law. And they say to her, nobody asks for your input, <gasps> which is just fucking douchey, wow. right? Wow, awful human being. Wow. And another employee who's who's had walked up a customer because they are buying a scope, which is expensive, and we walk expensive right. stuff up so it doesn't run out the front door. <laughs> the turns around 
and says, hey, masks up or leave. And they're like, fine, we're leaving. And they're like, what are you guys, the dildo police? <laughs> As they're walking out the front door. And then and then, and then, then uh, a customer chipes at them like, oh, real tough guys, real big guys. Wait, wait. A and customer? Then a customer, this oh. really big, like super burly dude. Yeah. Who like, he's like, and he turns to me, he's like, I don't even want to be fucking wearing this thing anyway, but I have to, so I do. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That does my heart good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bro, you called them dildo police. That was awesome. I know. I just like, <laughs> what are you guys, the dildo police? Yeah, they're walking out like, got him. What does that even mean? What does that mean? I have no idea. I don't know. Special agent. What did you say you were? <laughs> uh, special. What, I don't know. I can't remember what I said. <laughs> special was... special dild, dildo agent joke him. That's right. Something like that. Oh, so good. Um, So I, I found this online. I thought this was funny. So the fires. Mm-hmm. are a hoax and even if they're not they only kill a small percentage of the population and you can't even trust those numbers if someone dies of a heart attack while in their house while their house is burning down that death is counted as a fire death <laughs> and even if the deaths are higher my family's fine we don't live in or near a forest so why is it okay to take my right to barbecue away why is it okay to take my right to light fireworks at a gender reveal why is it okay to take my rights to ride my quad in the woods it's oppression it's un-american it's pretty accurate i mean come on mm-hmm. come on i mean there's so many things you can tie that that analogy mm-hmm. of mask wearing to to make it just ridiculous yeah <sighs> It's a, uh, it just pisses me off. And, and now I was just reading this morning, you know, the CDC and, uh, and, and Fauci, they're all, they're all saying like, if there isn't a vaccine, we might not see mass production until later next year. Mm-hmm. And Donald Trump's like, yeah, that's not true. Yeah, I know. He called, he said the CDC, uh, chief was wrong to say that it's going to take, it's going to mm-hmm. take six to nine months to have a vaccine. Like the, to to vaccinate the population to a level to where we could yeah like be a functioning fully functioning society again without this threat yeah it's going to take six to nine months even after a vaccine has gone through the appropriate testing and mm-hmm. has gotten um and has gotten uh um gotten approved by the federal government yeah which he's all ready to do like if there was one that if there was one that he could just sign off on right now, you know he would do it. That's why Biden said, I don't know if I trust a vaccine approved by Donald Trump. He's not wrong to say that. He's not. No. Because there's the reports from that, that, Mm -hmm. uh, whatever, that um, journalist who interviewed him, like the the audio tapes of Trump saying he was trying to play it down. Mm -hmm. He's trying to play everything down because he doesn't want fear. Right? But. So if that is his attitude and that's his mentality, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's like, oh, the government's just trying to control us. The government just wants us to wear masks. The government's trying to chip us with their vaccine. Yo, who is the government right now? Yeah. It's not Biden. Mm. It's Donald Trump, dude. You, oh, what was that clip? Uh, uh, Donald Trump trying to blame Biden for all this crap. Mm-hmm. And Biden tweeted, it's like, uh, I'm not president, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Well, did you see a stupid little chart? Like, if we took off, if we took out um, blue states, there would only be a hundred thousand. There would only be a hundred thousand deaths. He said that. Yeah. Did you not see his little charts on his on his like his uh-uh. random ass press conference from yesterday? No. Okay, so he puts up like these three charts, and he's showing like these graphs, and he's like, he legitimately says, if you were took out blue states, 
the, the level of coronavirus deaths would be so low that the rest of the world w- would be marveling at our at how good we handled it. Which is, one, stupid. You're the president of the whole nation. Yeah. Implicitly, he's trying to say that blue states are run poorer right. than blue... Like, run worse than red states. Right. But that also doesn't tell the whole numbers. Yes, up until July, the split between coronavirus deaths in terms of blue states and red states was 53% in blue, mm-hmm. 47% in red. Right. The... Since July, that split has gone seventy to thirty red. Oh, so one those line, those numbers are lying. He's he's cherry picking right when he's data, when yeah. he's cherry picking the data. Secondly, yes, the the population centers got hit first, which makes sense because those are the population centers. Right, and blue states are generally more populous yes. than red states. So, yes, their numbers are going to be higher. That has nothing to do with how they're ran. Right. Three, even if you took out the 100,000 people who have died mm-hmm. in blue states, we would still be at close to 100,000, yeah. which would still put us at number two globally for yeah. coronavirus deaths, only being surpassed by Brazil. If you think that's something to celebrate, yeah, we're then you can't also say the United States is the best country in the world. Yeah. Brazil is because they're winning. Fourthly, (laughs) this whole notion of red state versus blue state is hogwash to begin with because Oregon, do you know this? You know, the demographic split between registered voters, between, between red, between um, uh, registered Republicans and registered Democrats. It skews 50.65% blue. That's it. That's it. Show up and vote, you buffoons. Yeah. The real, if you really hate Kate Brown that much, yeah. are you telling me that if every registered Republican showed up and voted in Oregon in this next election, she wouldn't be out of she wouldn't right. be out of office? Right. Yeah. Wow. The biggest demographics, the biggest split between uh, party affiliation mm-hmm. in a state is West Virginia at sixty eight percent. Oh wow. So this massive thing of like yeah. a st- like a state is blue and it's yeah. just controlled by the Democrats. That is such a misconception because mm-hmm. the reason why they're like that is because one side doesn't show up to vote right. consi- consistently. Yeah. That's why it matters. If you if you care, show up to vote. You have control. There is I don't know. You do have a say. Mm-hmm. But yes, it requires more of people who kind of view things the same way as you do to show up, but then get your rally grassroots movements, do something. If it really bothers you, don't take, don't create some petition to remove someone from the office. Participation, then participate in the democratic system. Mm -hmm. Instead of looking for the government to continue to fix your problems. Yes. They just want to elect someone like Donald Trump who's going to fix their problems. It's fixing societal problems starts at home, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It starts in your community, community your neighborhood, building. your city, your town, your region, mm-hmm. your district, your state. Then you look at the whole picture. That pisses me off that he he did that with the red and blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it that just and it caused me to go into a whole research 
spiral yeah, yesterday. And I was like, like I'm like, that's such <laughs> bullshit. Like, that is just such BS. It's yeah. like those charts he pulled out of his pocket when that BBC, yeah, yeah. Our, uh, um, that guy from the BBC was, was uh, interviewing him. Yeah. He's like, look at these charts. Like, freaking drunk uncle at Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like, it's just, he's an embarrassment. Did you see the, um, uh, the Economist did a global poll? Maybe it was the BBC did mm-hmm. a global poll and found that America's uh, perception abroad has fallen to its lowest point since before World War One. Whoa! Mm-hmm. And um, down to I think it's twenty five percent have a people bro- abroad have a favorable view of the United States, and only seventeen percent um, globally uh, trust Donald Trump. Yeah, I believe it. But we're we're but. We're never going to be a laughing stock again, Jeff. Yeah. Never. He's making it great again. I guess great was before World War One. So as long as we <laughs> feel that we're great. Yeah. doesn't matter what the rest of no. the world thinks. As long as we give ourselves that mantle of greatest nation. What you're saying right now is exactly how they feel. Nothing else matters. Yeah. It doesn't, those, their perceptions doesn't matter. Yeah. So we're the most we're the most powerful nation in the world, which I mean economically, according to some metrics, is is true. Right. Militarily, sure. Yeah. But I mean, if the rest of the world doesn't trust us, yeah. Do we really? I mean, doesn't like us, mm-hmm. won't work with us. What, what does that what, mean? What, what does that power give yeah, you? There's no power. I don't know, dude. He bums me out. He bumps me out, which is why we now have an article that we're going to discuss. Yes. Okay. Called, yeah, we'll get in, we'll get into this. You posted this on Facebook, and you wanted to talk about it. It's ten ways Trump is becoming a dictator. Election edition from Stephen M. Walt, who is the most tenured professor at um, the Balfour um, Uni- Balfour School of Politics at Harvard University. He's mm-hmm. the most senior international relations professor. Um, that Harvard has. So mm-hmm. when guys like him speak, and they generally don't use hyperbole like becoming a dictator often yeah. to describe U.S. politics, when they say stuff like this, it's best to listen. Yeah. Because they're coming from a well-researched, well-read, and a thorough understanding of American history and American yeah. politics. Not just American politics, but world politics. And you can see vast amounts of parallels between the United States right now and pre-World War II Europe and post-World War II Central America. Yeah. So let's uh, get in. Let's dig into this. Yeah. Uh, where would you like to start? Oh, I don't know. Number one? <laughs> Probably number one. Sure. There's 10 reasons. He's got what? 10? Yeah. 10, ten reas- reasons. 10 reasons. Um. Ten ways. Ten ways. That he's becoming a dictator. Okay. So one thing I liked is he's like, you know, I'm, I'm usually not an alarmist, right? Mm-hmm. And that that to me is something I, I identify with, uh, you know, with this show mm-hmm. is a lot of times, you know, we're like, you know, gosh, are we being alarmist? Like, are we just are we just over over concerned about what's happening? Mm-hmm. And we've said that for the last three. How long is this show? Two years, you mm-hmm. know? But, I mean, the further and further, like he states in this article, that Trump gets in this administration, we're constantly validated by the things that we feared two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the point of this article. Yeah. Um, so I just I just was thinking about, you know, as reading this is like, 
I see a lot of parallels of like and fears, fears, genuine fears that you and I have discussed about mm-hmm. like, what if he does this? What does that mean? And then we see it and it goes unchallenged and it goes un. I, I, I don't know. Go ahead. Number one. No, you're, you're good. Um, yeah. So number one is systematic efforts to intimidate the media. Yeah. And we there's all sorts of uh, anecdotal evidence where you can point to this. Um, but it's the, you know, he's both using his bully pulpit yeah. to call the media the enemy of the people. Yeah. But he's also doing things with the power of the federal government mm-hmm. to erode freedom of the press. Yeah. He's, you know, his private entity that he's not divested from mm-hmm. is suing New York Times, CNN, yep. for libel, yep, uh, which he can't do as president. Mm-hmm. He's been told he can't do that as president, even though he claimed that he would do it as president. Mm-hmm. There is no avenue or legal recourse for a public entity to sue right. while they're in office for right. libel. So he's using his private organization that he is the, still the head of while president, which mm-hmm. is constitutionally at best questionable, at yeah. worst unconstitutional mm-hmm. and impeachable, mm-hmm. but yet nobody brings up the Mulliman's clause. Apparently that doesn't matter. The constitution matters. Until it doesn't. Yep. Um, or he's, um, you know, or he's legitimately using um, all sorts of fear tactics. Oh, yeah. Trying to, um, what was this? He signed an executive, um, signed an executive order that um, was going to um, limit how political speech is monitored on the internet. Yeah. Which, dude, that's scary. Yeah. <clears throat> this this first point the first the first time he said that the press was the enemy of the people or the media was the enemy of the people mm-hmm. that was i the the biggest one of the biggest red flags to me you know uh, there's these moments where he says things where i'm just like my i'm trying to lift my jaw off the floor and nobody bats a fucking eye the media is the enemy of the people um oh the supreme court just doesn't like me like to me that's not just a simple tweet that we just let mm-hmm. go and again am i being an alarmist or are we going to see the repercussions of allowing this in, within the next year if he's reelected we will but that's my point yeah. is nobody stops nobody questions oh he's just saying shit no he's actually doing shit mhm that reflects this. That's what people don't understand. Oh, he just says that. Oh, I love the way that he trolls the media. I love the way. Okay, yeah, but now he's also trying to dictate through government action how the media is restricted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He says that, but now there's action. Mm-hmm. You can't just flippantly just, oh, it's just him being a troll. He's the best troll ever. No, he's actually making legislation and affecting the rights of American citizens and the rights and freedom of the press. Mm-hmm. Well, then you see how him claiming enemy of the people, right? That's a yeah. very that's a very divisive word. That yes. is removing them from the out, removing them from the in group, right. and putting them into the out group. And you see how how journalists are treated at his rallies. Mm-hmm. You've seen how they've been treated in the streets covering protests, yep. um, both by counter protesters 
or by people who are sympathetic to the president's cause while wearing uniforms, right. beating the shit out of journalists. Yeah. That has happened. Yeah. So, uh, I was just thinking about this. Um, oh, oh, you know, everyone's like, everyone's anti-media. The media's got an agenda. They're trying to, they're trying to trick you. They don't tell you the whole story, right? Uh, I was watching uh, this morning the the most viewed Trump ad on YouTube right now. It's got millions of views, and I watched a fact check video on it. The entire video is uh, just a, a, a creation of clips of Joe Biden. Out of context, mm -hmm. not including the entire context, just clips of him saying some words and then putting it in the background or putting a scene of him, but not not finishing the entire sentence. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen I haven't seen this. I'll send so, it to okay. you, dude. But that's like, OK, you're against the media and you're against the media manipulation, but you're falling for it. Oh, yeah. You're falling for the media manipulation. If Trump is saying that Biden's saying something. Take two seconds and go type in the quote that he included in his video, and you will find the rest of the quote mm -hmm. and make your own analysis of it. He's not saying what this video is saying, and it's just it's infuriating because you want to be you want to be the people or the party or the the team of say what you mean and mean what you say and put it out there and Trump's the man because he says what he means and he tells the truth. He's a fucking liar, mm -hmm. and these videos are just compilations of lies of yeah. his lies about biden mm -hmm. and if you watch it biden it's, it's all about china it's an anti it's an anti-china video mm -hmm. and because biden has experience in international politics he's talking about the growth of china but but observed and regulated with the team of the world mm -hmm. watching yeah not allowing them to get yeah. you know and, mm -hmm. and and talking there's literally a clip where he's like look china's china's growth isn't necessarily a bad thing. And the continuation of the clip is, but the corruption in the government has to change. But they don't include that. And and, and all these people are watching this ad and just like... Yeah, in a vacuum, the growth of China isn't a bad thing. Right. It's just infuriating to me. Don't pretend like you're, you're some... Uh, you know, you hate the media and you hate the media manipulation, but your dude is doing it to you. Mm-hmm. Well, did, uh, there's two Trump super PACs that are being federally investigated right now for uh, paying young YouTube and Facebook users uh -huh. to spread disinformation. Wow. Disinformation and misinformation, there is a key difference. Okay. Misinformation is information that you don't know to be false, but right. it gets spread. Mm -hmm. Disinformation is stuff that you knowingly know is false, yet you spread it as truth. Right. That's a major issue. Yeah. That's what Russia does. Yeah. And... It's now being done by maybe not Trump himself, yeah. but it's not being denounced by him, which is important. That's a huge thing. And uh, it's being done by people who are hoping to keep him in power. Yeah. Ask yourself, if someone is willing to go to those lengths to keep somebody in power, is that somebody you want holding power? power? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've heard this, but there's kind of like this internet movement where... So Joe Rogan, mm -hmm. biggest podcaster in the world... Um, biggest audience in the world, he talked about hosting a debate, mm -hmm. live debate, no commercials, no breaks, Trump and Biden. And with some directed questions mm -hmm. that he's created, but also he's done these debates before where he's had uh, 
pro uh, marijuana legalization and anti marijuana legalization and just had these two experts come in a room and just hash it out and talk about it and it got heated and it got intense but Joe was kind of like monitoring it mm-hmm. and it was it's it's awesome it's that open platform that open forum that yeah. we, that I love about podcasts and so Joe's like I'd love to do Trump and Biden that'd be awesome and you know Trump says I'll do it of course he would Biden Obviously, he hasn't said he's done it, and I don't think it'll happen. I 100% think Trump would get annihilated. You think so? I think so. But the the problem is with with the format of the the debates is there's mm-hmm. there is regulation of like time restrictions, mm-hmm. right? You because otherwise he's just going to talk over you and and not be professional, mm-hmm. right? And in this podcast format, there is no restriction of like. Here, you've got a time to say what you mean, and mm-hmm. that's it. In a podcast, he could just ramble. And he does it in his interviews. Mm-hmm. He just rambles and rambles and rambles and goes on. It doesn't allow a follow-up question, right? Yeah. And most politicians do do that. Or politicians will take a question and answer mm-hmm. a different question, yeah. right? Which is what I can see Biden doing, right? But I just think that, like, I was just talking with someone about this. I think because of because of Biden's years of service and experience mm-hmm. as a public servant mm-hmm. in the United States of America. I just think that like, if you ask him questions about approaches to solve domestic and foreign issues, he's going to have those answers. Trump's not going to have those answers. He doesn't have those answers. Yeah. But nobody listening to that is going to be listening for a key policy point. I know. And if you're Biden more exposure. Yeah more time spent on a stage or some platform with with that man yeah. is not good for you. You don't think so? No. Okay. I I actually I disagree. I I think I don't think Trump I don't I don't think a podcast lends itself to being able to be dis, you know someone being destroyed. I think in my sense of the word destroyed, right? Hearing Biden talk about policy internationally and domestically, I'm like, yeah, get him. Everyone else is like uh, but Trump called him Sleepy Joe like six times. That's funny. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think you have a point when saying it lends itself to almost like to clips, right? Mm-hmm. Or to memes. Yeah. And that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. With the debates, because there's going to be three. The first one I think is on the 29th. Mm-hmm. That's coming up. The it's going to. I I don't know what to expect. Yeah. Because Biden Biden is one of those. Yes, he he stumbles, he has a stutter, he goes off on some random fairy tale from his youth. Yeah. Um, where he was fighting corn pop at the local <laughs> swimming hole yeah. when he was like sixteen. Right. But that man is like a cat. He has nine lives. He has nine political lives. Yeah. And when he needs to turn it on, yeah, then he needs to be that guy. Who can sit there and make a for a thirty minute moment, yeah, right, or an hour long moment, where he can sit there. He there's no one better. Yeah, he is amazing at that format. Right that that moderated debate format. He yeah. is amazing at. Yeah. He will dis, he dismantled Paul Ryan in a way that I have never seen anybody dismantle anybody mm-hmm. before in a debate. Mm-hmm. In the 2012 vice presidential debates, right. 
And he was going in as the underdog. Everybody thought, oh, sleepy Joe Biden. He's Uncle Joe. He's going to say all of these gaffes, right. right? And he went in, and he's he's thoroughly just trounced both somebody who's like Trump on the debate stage, woefully unprepared to mm-hmm. be there, re- basically is <laughs> only has bumper sticker quotes to right. yell out because they're so they're so ignorant of the system. That's what's going to happen. He destroyed he destroyed uh, Sarah Palin. Yeah. To the point where people, even rational people who were wanted to vote for McCain, loved the whole Sarah Palin, like, kind of, I don't know what she, what whatever she represented to the people right. who really fell in love with her. She's a nice lady. Couldn't even, she's not a nice lady. <laughs> I will always, oh God, anyway. Um, the, he, he made her look like an unviable option. Right. And he made Paul Ryan look like a novice. Right. And Paul Ryan is a very wonky analytics numbers guy. Right. And, and Biden made him look like, like a novice. Like the rookie. Yeah. And I think Biden has being able to use that format. And it, he reminds me a lot of Adlai Stevens, who is like the state department's like best ever UN ambassador. Mm-hmm. They called him up during the UN missile crisis when JFK needed an international win, and he sits there in front of the the Soviet ambassador and just schools him. Mm-hmm. Like Adlai Stevens, just like when you needed a guy to get you got hit, right? Just mm-hmm. bring him, bring home the winning run. Right. Biden is that guy. I think you have a good point. And I think, I think you're right. And I think I think Biden in a formal setting where yeah. you can really, really contrast. Yeah. The professionalism. Yeah. With the buffoonery, right, of Donald Trump, especially on a on a on a on a on a stage mm-hmm. set. Yeah, that juxtaposition, yeah. the pomp and circumstance yes. of a of a formal U.S. presidential debate, yeah, versus Joe Rogan kind of sitting there slumped over in his chair, and you've got pot smoke floating around, <laughs> right? Trump yeah. Trump would win. I think Trump would. I think you're right. I think Trump Changed would. My mind. Trump would be. But would would and there's a reason why Trump wants to do it is because yeah. he can get down there and he can slog and he can just bro out. He can just well not only just bro out, but he he can you said ramble right. He can just ramble forever and ever yes. and ever and ever and not ever say and, ever and not say anything. And then Joe Biden just is sleepy old Joe, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's just my take on it. What I think maybe what I'm imagining more is, and we'll get back to the article. Sorry, is like when when uh, Bernie went on Joe on mm-hmm. Joe Rogan. It was it was a cool conversation because. Joe's asking him real questions, not, you know, these, you know, mm-hmm. just like, hey, what do you think about this? What yeah. do you think? And then following up on mm-hmm. that. And it allowed for that. Maybe just Joe Biden on there would be interesting or just Donald Trump on there would be interesting. Um, I think you're right as far as the the debate format, because I think back to the Bernie and Biden debate. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I loved it. And it was interesting, especially without the audience, because it allowed the two of them to not play to the audience, mm-hmm. but to play to... Oh, the, that's a really good point. To answer to the question and then to to literally hold each other accountable. There were moments where Joe would look over at Bernie and be like, come on, dude. Like literally would say, come on, Bernie. And then Bernie would look at me, Joe, Joe, you know that's not true. And now they're talking to each other, right? Mm-hmm. In a less formal set, in a less formal way Mm -hmm. but also in 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 a very respectful you're not going to get that with donald trump and joe biden but watching the two of them go through that was interesting Mm -hmm. and i think you know now thinking about playing to the audience i don't know how that works for donald trump you know 
because even with Hillary, there were oohs and ahs during the jabs mm-hmm. that they were throwing each other. You know, it, it is yeah. a calculated, it is a calculated mm-hmm. match, right? It yeah. is a fight. But if there's no audience there, what does your what does your response mean if you're trying to be a bully and nobody responds? Mm-hmm. How does that look? Probably not great. Yeah. And he can't. And they're probably going to be sit down debates because they're going to have to keep their social distance. Right. You're not going to get the Trump following <laughs> Hillary Clinton around the debate stage like the stalking. Yeah. Whatever that was. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so freaking weird. All right. So anyways, F the media. Yeah. Number two. Uh, building and uh, so back to that article, which yeah. is ten ways that Trump is uh, becoming a dictator Sorry. or is a dictator. Uh, building an official pro-Trump media network. Yeah, um, this is something I brought up as kind of like my own little kind of conspiracy theory. You've been is talking about this for a while. He wants to step into his own. Um, he wants to step into his own media conglomerate, but yeah. I think the the fact that if he does not win re-election, there's a better than not chance he ends up in prison. Um, so he's trying to stay in office, if anything else, to make sure that he doesn't go to jail. Yeah. Um, the he's already in the author talks that he's already got Fox News and One American News Network in his pocket. Yeah. And that works for him politically, but I really think his his creating his um host, his own media network where he can profit off of is his ultimate goal. Right. Um but this is true. I mean, he's got these how fair and balanced can Fox News really be when their primetime anchor Sean Hannity is the is a close advisor, unofficial advisor to the president. Right. Right. I mean, how do, how can you say that this is an independent news? How, how can you, as a fair watcher of Fox, can talk about fair and balance in an independent news station when Sean Hannity receives regular phone calls from the president? Yeah, that's your buddy. You're not going to talk bad about him, regardless of what he does. Mm-hmm. You're going to defend what they do. He's been brought on stage multiple times. Yeah. At president um, at the president's rallies. What is this One American News Network? OAN. Yeah, I've seen him tweet it and retweet it. I don't know any history about it. They're a bunch of kooks. Well, I was thinking, like, is that where it kind of came out of nowhere, right? Yeah, OAN um, really kind of got its start, I believe. I may be incorrect, yeah. but um, kind of pushing the QAnon. That's what I thought. Story, yeah. So I don't know. It's something I have to do research in, but mm-hmm. that's what I thought. Like, is this something that started that he eventually will take over? Is this like a built by mm-hmm. somebody that he is he knows yeah. to say like this is the network that I'm going to start? Yeah, OAN, and you've got Breitbart. Yeah, um, with Steve Bannon yeah. being close to him and Roger Stone. Yeah, I mean these guys, these guys know how to these guys know how to build a message. Yeah, which yeah. I, you know, conspiracy theory. I don't think he wanted to win election to begin right. with in 2016 i think he started thinking hey i'll go out there i'll say a bunch of this crazy ass shit mm-hmm. because there's i think rod both roger stone and and, and uh, steve bannon were like you know what there's such a huge market here that yeah. you could make a ton of money if you just get on the debate stage make these crazy ass things put into the mainstream because there's so many people begging for somebody like that to yeah. say that on a like say that out in the out in the media mm-hmm. and, and validate their underlying opinions, right? And then you'll be able to walk into your own media conglomerate and win. Well, he ultimately ended up winning because there's so much shit in his past that most go- the government was probably willing for his whole life to overlook all his shady dealings and his corruption. Right. But once you step into that public office, they can't ignore that anymore. Nope. And well, I think once he leaves office. If he loses in November, there is a good chance that there's going to be some men in black suits ready to arrest his ass. You think so? There's, there are. I'm reading. I've been reading multiple 
sources, people that I trust yeah. that think that's a real possibility. Wow. Um, especially in New York with the Southern District. Right. And that's something that this author talks about as far as like a, a reason to become a dictator and stay as long as you can because of fear of of prosecution mm-hmm. and arrest. Yeah. So uh, politicizing the civil service, military, national guard, or other domestic security agencies. Number three. Yeah. Number three. That is, um, this is the one that it gets me the most. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about this one? Um, I mean, we've talked about the, the, the people in Lafayette square using force to get them out of there. Um, and who was there? Uh, Mark Miley, who is yes. the joint chiefs. And then also Mark Esper, who is secretary, um, of secretary of defense. Right. You know. Guys that should not be seen doing stuff like this. Yeah. And later they apologize, but the action's already done, Mm -hmm. right? You already see Miley, Mark Miley, uh, walking in his combat fatigues. Right. Next to the president clearing out a peaceful protest. So the president can pose in front of a church with an upside down Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, um, even the replacement of Jeff Sessions with William Barr, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's like, like it says here, like Jeff Sessions showed a certain degree of integrity and it's like, you know, even even, you know, anyone who disagrees with Trump or, mm-hmm. or or even hints at like maybe being hesitant, Trump's like, get out. I need a, I need a yes man in here. Yeah. And and Barr is so ideological in his uh, in his belief that the executive branch has almost unlimited power yeah. that yeah. he's willing to go along with Trump, even if he doesn't personally like the guy, because I don't think Barr personally likes Trump. Right. But he sees he sees Trump as a political tool to usher in his type of government. And that is, that's honestly more scary. I, the, the ideologues are more scary to me than the, um, um, than the opportunists. Right. Cause the opportunists are self-interested to a point. Like as long as it's still benefits them, they'll go along with it. Yeah. But then there's a, there's a point where they won't follow the line anymore. As soon as it doesn't benefit them. Right. Ideologues, their self-interest is their ideology and they will follow that to their death. Yeah. And that scares me. Those, those people scare me. Yeah. Um, what does it say here about, uh, the recent campaign to remove, yeah. So the recent campaign to curtail or remove independent inspector generals at the Departments of State, Defense, Health and Human Services, Transportation and Intelligence Services smacks either of political payback um, or a desire to protect top officials from independent scrutiny. Mm-hmm. That is scary to me. The whole way down, from top down, mm-hmm. just getting rid of people and putting in these these lackeys getting rid of and then getting rid of your watchdogs. Yeah. So right, that so right. stuff can't be reported <sighs> or if it gets reported, it just gets swept under the rug. Yeah. Um, number four, the number four is using government surveillance against domestic political opponents. Yeah. Um, he says, I don't know if Trump is using the FBI, CIA or other surveillance capabilities to spy on Biden's campaign or to monitor other political opponents. But we do know that the federal government has conducted surveillance of people protesting the administration's immigration policies. And Trump has threatened to declare the loose and leaderless Antifa movement a terrorist organization, which would allow domestic security agencies to, to conduct f- more far reaching surveillance on anti-Trump protests. So this is a bit of a reach for I me so. on this yeah, one, yeah. Um, because we don't there's no evidence yeah. that he's using those bureaucracies to surveil. Yeah. And even if he does say that Antifa is a domestic terrorist organization right. and it does allow the use the, the broader uses of the Patriot Act to surveil. Yeah. Um it, it's a far step from Antifa to actually watching Biden or political opponents. For sure. Not to say that it couldn't happen. Right. But 
I'm trying to not, I don't, there's already enough to pick on with right. this guy. Yeah. I don't need to mix. We don't need to go out on too much limb, too right. many limbs. And this, this to me is a bit of a limb. Well, the continuous argument in the article is that if he's willing to do this, mm-hmm. what's to say he won't do that? Yeah. Which isn't really an argument, but it is something to consider yeah. and to watch for. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, although this, this annoys me though, the end of this one, which is, um, Republican Senator Ron Johnson told a local radio station that his baseless Senate investigation into Hunter Biden's activities in Ukraine would help Donald Trump win reelection. Now that is not really using our U S surveillance tactics. This whole paragraph doesn't really make much sense to me from Walt, (laughs) but the, that particular part, Mm -hmm. because you have Senate Senate Republicans who ran a two year investigation into Benghazi right. to basically come up with nothing. Mm-hmm. You have the the president who is in office now for three and a half years. Do you don't think that if he could have with with all the resources of the federal government, both in intelligence and law enforcement, you don't think if he could have come up with something actually illegal mm-hmm. to throw Hillary Clinton in prison for, he wouldn't have done it, right? Yes, she was incompetent. Right. Yes, she po- po- she pushed a false narrative about the video that sparked the 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 uprising in in Benghazi, Libya. Right. It was incompetence. It wasn't illegal. Right. There's nothing to arrest her for. And this whole thing with and then this whole thing of using this whole thing with Hunter Biden trying to undermine Biden's credibility. It was one thing when he was a candidate Trump saying these things are illegal. Right. It's a different thing when you were the sitting U.S. president trying to use your lackeys in the legislature mm-hmm. to bring up erroneous, trying to bring up erroneous charges that you know aren't going to stick, but just the mention of an investigation mm-hmm. right before an election mm-hmm. that's that then casts doubt in the minds of swing voters. Right. That is a political tool. That itself is very, very scary. Yeah. Anyway. Using state power, number five, using state power to reward corporate backers and punish opponents. I didn't know this, but this is just a, um, let's see, there, um, he uses this, he uses, has this here. There have been reported of 27 clients of Trump connected lobbyists have received up to $10.5 billion in government coronavirus related spending. The beneficiaries have also included multiple entities linked to the family of Jared Kushner and other Trump associates and political allies. That up to 273 million was awarded to more than 100 companies that are owned and operated by major Trump donors, um, who are donating to Trump's re-election efforts. Yeah. Red state, blue state. Red state, blue state. That's what that is. Yeah. If you're with me, you're going to be good. Mm-hmm. If you're against me, you're on your own. And not only that, but I will pardon the people. This yeah. gets into the next. This gets into one later is um, about enforcing the law for only one side. Right. But even if you break the law, I will, I'll have your back. Yeah. Well, there, did you, there was a watchdog, there was a, uh, the, the, D, the, uh, the inspector general pushed forward a, um, a complaint within DHS mm-hmm. saying that he was instructed when the border wall was being secured, uh, that if you do any, like if you do anything illegal, um, Trump will pardon you. And so there, so now that that complaint is going through the proper channels Holy at the moment. Holy crap! At all for for at all costs. Mm-hmm. At all costs. Yeah. Wow. Why does he want to hold on to power that bad? Yeah. Number six, stacking the Supreme Court. Yeah. Um. 
I can't really say he's stacking the Supreme Court. It's the lower co- courts. It's the lower courts that, that scare he me. that scare me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And why do you think that? Uh, because as it says here, if the 2020 election is a nail biter, lower court decisions on potential electoral irregularities could matter a lot. Mm-hmm. So if anything is challenged and it's dependent on the lower court courts to decide those challenges, mm-hmm. and he's filled them with lackeys, mm-hmm. how do you think that's going to favor? Yeah. And the Supreme Court is its own separate entity. Right. It's insulated from the executive and legislative branches yeah. to an extent. The, f- the lower court system, the federal court system, is not. Yeah. That is, those are direct political appointees. Right. And he has far more influence over who are sitting on those, who are sitting on the benches there. That's more of, I guess, where I thought number six should have led instead yeah. of saying the Supreme Court, because he has done his constitutional duties. He's right. fulfilled to he's filled two open slots on the Supreme Court. And I mean, we talked a little bit about even those. I think it's Brett, mostly Kavanaugh, mm-hmm. who is who's voted unfavorably against things that Trump might have voted yes for. Or whatever. Yeah, both uh, Gore, uh, both Gorsuch and Kavanaugh have not voted strictly with the president. Right. Right. Um, I mean, we you can talk about Kavanaugh as being fit for the office, whatever. He he's on the bench now, so right. you have to look at him as a justice. Absolutely. So it's um, as unfortunate that it is, like he is a Supreme Court justice. Mm-hmm. Now, is the Supreme Court who's probably going to have two more vacancies coming out of at least two to three more in the next four years? Yeah. That's something to consider. Yeah. But is he stacking the Supreme Court? I think if you look at historically stacking the Supreme Court would be. Uh, convincing the Senate or, or the the legislature to expand or contract yes, the number of seats, right. so then he can then fill more seats right. to favor his you know his policies. Right. That would be more sta- that's more classically stacking, and you see that a lot in Venezuela. You saw that early in Venezuela in yeah. Hugo Chavez's tenure, um, where the legislature expanded the Supreme Court of the country so much so that then Hugo Chavez was able to just stack the court in his favor mm-hmm. because there were so many new seats created. Right. That's why in the Supreme Court hasn't always been nine seats. It's fluctuated between seven, uh, eight. There's been times where it's been eight. There's been times where it's been 10. Right. It's at nine now, um, which I think is probably a good number because you don't get ties. Mm-hmm. So there's you're, yeah, absolutely. You're, Anyway, but yeah. uh, anyway, moving on to number seven, enforcing the law for only one side. And we kind of talked about this, but real um, quick. Yeah. On number six, stacking mm-hmm. the Supreme Court uh, as other de- uh, democratically elected autocrats know full well, checks and balances in the rule of law are no obstacle once the judiciary has been transformed from watchdog to lap dog. Mm-hmm. That's scary. It is. I, and that's <laughs> what he wants to do. Like, yeah. Talking about the Supreme Court doesn't like me. Yeah. Trying to oh. remove those that insult that built-in insulation yeah. that the Supreme Court has. Yes, separate con- from the. Mm-hmm. In wanting everything to be picked up, like if there's if there's a challenge to mm-hmm. one of his like policies or one of his executive orders that's going through the circuit, going through the federal court system on the circuit courts or whatever, he wants those expedited to the Supreme Court because he wants that answered now. Why? Because he thinks yes. the Supreme Court works for him. Yes, yes, he does. In having somebody who has that ideology, mm-hmm. That's who, ha- scary. who has the ability, if reelected, to then put three more people, potentially three more people, on that Supreme Court, mm-hmm. that's questionable. Even yeah. though he's doing it through a legal process, right? right? He's doing he's doing it through a legal process. Like he would be full within his power as president to put justices on the Supreme Court when there's a vacancy that needs to be filled. Right. That being said, 
are we comfortable with a guy who holds that ideology being the one making those selections? Right. That's my like that's my that's concern. my concern. Yeah. All right, sorry, number seven. Number seven. Enforcing the law for only one side. Yeah. And this is a long one. Do you want to get into this one? Eh, I mean, we, we've talked about, yeah. you know. But Roger Stone. Roger Stone, yeah. That being, I mean, that being, well, he wasn't, he wasn't, um, Roger Stone wasn't, com- he had his sentence commuted. But right. he's still a felon. Yes. Like he wasn't, um, he wasn't pardoned. Right. So he's still a convicted felon, even though he's not serving jail time. Uh, and then. Michael Flynn, this one, I honestly think the Michael Flynn one was worse than Roger Stone. Yeah. Because Trump had Barr drop the, had the Justice Department drop Drop the charges charges. against Michael Flynn, and Flynn had already pleaded guilty at that point. That is insane. Yeah. The fact that that one got less media attention than the Roger Stone one is really concerning to me because not only Roger Stone is is Roger Stone, Michael Flynn. You want to talk about corruption internationally in Ukraine? Yeah. That's what Michael Flynn was being put in prison for. Right. Was corruption in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And using his business ties as part of the as part of the uh, administration's election campaign. Yeah. He's basically Michael Flynn was doing what Trump is claiming, claiming Hunter yeah. Biden and yeah. Biden did in Ukraine. Yeah. And the charges were dropped. Dropped after he pleaded guilty. Mm-hmm. Man, I need to get in a position of power. <laughs> uh, number eight, really rigging the system. Yeah. How do you feel about this one? Um, I don't remember, dude. Hold on. I don't know. You tell me. I, um, it's just we we talked about I don't know how much we knew because we've talked about this at length, but it's like it's the ger- oh, it's, okay. it's the gerrymandering, okay. gotcha. it's the yep, yep. the undermining of mail in voting, yep, it's yep, removing yep. Um, voting is removing you know polling places yeah selectively in, in in key battleground states, telling his supporters to vote twice yeah stuff like stuff yeah. like that I I just he's doing everything the one thing that keeps rear like i just see keep kind of cropping up in each one of these new points is um he's doing everything he can to be reelected oh yeah Mm -hmm. oh yeah and again it's it's you're just saying you just quoted him like three times and people are just like oh he's just saying those things Mm -hmm. but saying those things you know it just goes it go it goes to you know something you've been saying over and over when Stephen M. Walt talks, you listen, right? Mm-hmm. Because his words matter. He means what he says. In the same in the same breath, I could say that Trump is meaning what he's saying. Yes. He's not just saying these things. Mm-hmm. And for everyone to just be like, oh, he's just a dummy. Well, okay, that dummy is our president that you voted for, and you think he's a dummy and he doesn't mean what he's saying. He's saying this with intention. Mm-hmm. He's saying this to get you to think that everything that's already set up to work the way that it does is inefficient. Yeah. It doesn't work and isn't working the way that it should. Mm-hmm. So undermining the USPS, undermining, you know, everything that he undermines, the media, the electoral mm-hmm. college, whatever, or not the electoral college, yeah. but whatever it may be, he's doing that with purpose. And and I think that that has the same uh, weight. Yeah. 
as the professionals. Mm-hmm. The professionals, you know, when the when these professionals and experts who've dedicated their lives to researching the the history and the the theories of of things we live through and go through and 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 create every day in our government and politics, when they say shit, you listen. When Trump says things, he's he's doing it with intention. Mm-hmm. No, that's a great point. I mean, just the part of the USPS. Yeah. He voted down. He he said he would refuse. He would veto a stimulus package if it included money to the to emergency funding to the USPS, yeah. who is the primary federal agency who would be delivering ballots. Yeah. In a time where there's a pandemic. And we don't want people gathering. Mm-hmm. And it's just all lining up. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry. Number nine, yeah. fear-mongering. Yeah, this one is... Uh, he's so damn good at this. Well, he's the best at it. He's so good at it. It's the one thing that I'm just like, wow. You know, I, I saw a meme the other day. It's It shows... It's, it's, it's a... It's a like a old like comic book mm-hmm. guy, and he's got a he's holding up the okay sign like yeah okay. Yeah. It says coronavirus quote I refuse to live my life in fear, and then the guy's the th- talk mm-hmm. bubble says okay sheeple, you know like you yeah. guys are all falling for coronavirus. But then the next image is him like biting his teeth in fear. 5G socialism, Antifa, Bill Gates, masks, Black Lives Matter, vaccines. You refuse to live your life in fear. Of coronavirus, but you're literally being fear mongered into fearing everything else. Mm-hmm. Everything else is far more of a threat to your life. Yeah. I don't live in fear. Well, how do you feel about masks? I don't need to wear a mask. What, what do you think about Bill Gates? He's trying to put microchips on all of us. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's bullshit. It you are all afraid. Mm-hmm. And it just it, the, the hypocrisy or the, the misunderstandings of like how you are being played bothers me and this is why i i fear that um that uh alarmist uh 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 attitude coming from us right Mm -hmm. because i don't want to induce fear but i feel like when we're talking there are legitimate things to be afraid of not that uh you know not that coronavirus is in or or whatever Mm -hmm. it may be right i think we've done a good job of like saying like hey look the stacking of the supreme court is a bit of an alarmist claim (laughs) yeah yeah right 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 i I just mean in general though when we're talking about all these things like we're like oh god like this is i mean we're literally talking about him 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 10 ways that he's trying to become a dictator Mm -hmm. now i think and we've said this before one of the biggest biggest uh not problems but one of the biggest um faults that some people have is, is thinking that we are we are immune to this ever happening in mm-hmm. the United States. Yeah. And I think that that is that is that is concerning and that is something people need to consider. Mm-hmm. Just we're the greatest nation in the world. Okay, you build up that idea and now all of a sudden you think, well there's no way we could ever be overthrown by some dictator. What if that dictator is Donald Trump? Mm-hmm. Now could that happen? Yeah. Because if you ask some of them, "Hey, do you want Donald Trump to be the king of the United States?" I guarantee you people would say yes. Keep him in power. He's doing a great job. Well, no, that's not how it works. And I was talking the other day to someone, and you've you've said it best a few weeks ago or last week. Are we going to have a peaceful transition of power? Because every every time, regardless of animosity between candidates, it's always been done. Mm -hmm. And he's literally saying, we'll see. I might, you know, they're asking, are you going to leave peacefully? And he literally just says, we'll see. 
That should be concerning. Sorry. I'm fear-mongering now. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean... You're it, using his words. Right. I mean, those are his words. I, I, he's so damn good at this. And and everybody who says, like, I'm not afraid of coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, why? Yeah. I'm American. I'm not living in fear. Bro, you are living in fear. You mm-hmm. are afraid of everything. Yeah. You're literally afraid of everything. Mm-hmm. You're afraid of Marxists and, and socialists mm-hmm. and communists. What do those terms mean? Oh, I don't know. Then what? what are you really afraid of then? Yeah. People are using these words and you can't even define them. There's, it's gotten to the point too. Like he's, he's so good at this that there's things where I'll hear it first crop up, like Antifa's going around lighting fires, yeah. and I'm like, there's no way anybody actually fucking believes that. Yeah. And then they all believe it. Yeah. And I hear people. I heard. I had three three separate customers tell me that they stopped Antifa from lighting fires in like are you in, me? in like in the in the valley. Like down McMinnville and stuff area, like yeah. Malala. I'm like, no, you didn't. You were literally lying to me right now. Also, how do you know they're Antifa? There might be shitty people out there just lighting fires. Yeah, like the, the methed out homeless dude who lit a fire down in uh, uh, Medford. Yeah. He was sitting there watching it burn when the police arrested him. That's Antifa? No, it's not. It's just a methed out homeless dude. Right. There are shitty people who just want to watch there, the world burn. Oh, yes, there are. But in but Antifa, as this article says, it's a looseless, leaderless yeah. organization. It it's not doesn't have some f- flag that they're just going around waving. Well, people argue that there is a big movement on the dark web. I'm just throwing that out there. Okay. I'm just saying that's something we should do research into. Okay. I'll, okay. Here's, don't scoff me as a I'm conspiracy not theorist. I'm not scoffing. I am scoffing a little bit. I know a but conspiracy it just, theorist it just who's stops. like saying this stuff and, and I'm like, yeah, right. And they're like, no, seriously. Like I've been on the dark web and like people, there is movement on the dark web. Look, we don't know because we can't access the dark web because it takes some like, you know, matrix level fucking hacking. But I'm just saying maybe there's more organization than people lead on. But... Are they lighting fires? Okay, but the federal government also has the ability to monitor I that agree. shit. And if this was a concerted effort, they'd be making arrests right now. The FBI, true, true. the FBI, who is basically Trump's lapdog at this point, would be making arrests right now. That's if they exactly could. what I was just yeah. going to say. If he really is claiming them as a terrorist organization and hurting him mm-hmm. as a president, he, they'd be all over it. Well, and if they were legitimately lighting fires and they could trace it to some sort of concerted effort of Antifa, right? they would be making those arrests right now. Because right. one, that would make him look really damn good because he could say, see, here's Antifa. They literally are trying to burn this country down. Right. Instead, they've got nothing. Yeah. Homeless dudes. Homeless dudes. Yeah. Um, demonizing the opposition. And, and this just starts... I mean, there's there is... You can go all day with this one. Yeah. Because it starts with fear-mongering leads to demonizing the opposition. Yep, you yep. start with simple terms like America first. It's us versus them. That's the rest of the world. Yeah. And then when that when that fear of the rest of the world doesn't satiate um, your base anymore, you, they need something more to fear because now they're not, they're not really seeing the threat that you were posing. So they right. start to see some cracks. You got to throw something more at them. Then it was immigrants. Then it was, it was brown people living in the country here. They're coming to rape your coming women. Coming in an entire caravan. Yeah. And <laughs> then, so then it's, 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 it's rather right on your doorstep. Right. But it's still the others. Right. They're not really yeah. Americans. 
now, and then people started to see, well, those caravans didn't really come and do what they were saying. So you start seeing some cracks. Well, now you got to make them f- afraid again. Boom. What is it now? It's political opposition. It's the people yeah. who are here who shouldn't be here. Right. The people who aren't American, the people who are willing to hold Amir up to me and the people that are willing to challenge me. We can't have those people. Mm-hmm. Those are people are not just, they're not Americans, really. They're, they're people who are wanting to take from you. They want to take your guns. They want to take your religion. They want to take, they're forcing you to wear a mask. Those are the people you should be afraid of. They're real, they're real socialists. Yeah, yeah. That's how dictators use fear to convince you that their use of extracurricular behavior is actually in your best interests, right? And is actually constitutional. I give you <laughs> slamming papers down. What do you give? Read them? Animal Farm. Yeah. You buffoons. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you're not somewhat concerned i don't know what to say to you at this point like stop using my stop using our flag to cover your bullshit stop using cool symptoms symbols like 1776 and the betsy ross flag and the gadsden flag as saying don't tread on me stop with that Mm -hmm. just admit what you are you're a supporter of a of, of a wannabe dictator yeah that oh, wants to usher that it. wants to usher in. You know what? If if you own that, I will respect you far more. For sure. Then defend it. Yeah. Yeah. I but stop using this I want to support the constitution and freedom and liberty Bullshit. in in the in the symbols of our country's revolution, the symbols of our country's history mm-hmm. that did bring at least maybe not at the time for all Americans, but set in motion and put in and codified the principles that would ultimately allow for a free, just and equal society mm-hmm. where all men are created equal. Hopefully we could get to that at right. some point. We're not there and never have, never have been there, but we're working towards it. Right. Or at least we're hoping to work towards it. Well, we were <laughs> just call yourself what you are. Yeah. You're, you're, you support a wannabe dictator. Yeah. And if you're, and if you can openly support that, I will respect you and I can actually have a conversation with you, but stop hiding behind symbols, especially our symbols. Cause those symbols are unifying symbols, not divisive symbols. Right. And I hate that they've been caught up. I hate that they've been hijacked. Right. So that's my point. So red, we really got to go red, white, and blue, red, white, and blue. So Man. red and blue and white. Yeah. Sillies. All right. Good talk. Good talk. Talk to you guys next week. All right. Bye. Bye.